Hey guys, welcome back to the Meeting Mental Health Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Tiffany. And in this week's episode, we're switching it up a bit. Today, we're going to have a discussion, and it's going to be a discussion about codependency. Um, I think this is a good topic to talk about now, especially since in the past couple episodes, you know, we talked about attachments and boundaries. And I really think codependency piggybacks well off of those two topics. And what better way is there to talk about codependency other than with a co-host? Um, so today we have the podcast first guest. I would like to introduce you to my friend and soon to be yours, Miss Amy Fisher. Say hi, Amy. Hi, everyone. Hi, Tip. How are you? Doing well. Great. Um, so, and Amy comes to us from the great state of North Carolina by way of Pennsylvania. And she comes with some really valuable information and knowledge and some personal experiences about this topic. So, Amy, again, welcome. And before we dive in here, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, I would love to. So um, I am uh, living down here in Asheville, North Carolina. I've been down here, uh, like you said, from Pennsylvania for about 13 years. I am a certified child life specialist as my profession. So my uh, job is to help kids cope in the hospital. So uh, coping with uh, hospitalization and being sick and having procedures and helping them emotionally cope with things. Uh, So that has been my job for a long time. And besides that, I love doing outdoor things. I love rollerblading. I love my little dog, Salchi, and that's pretty much me in a nutshell. (laughs) Awesome. Now that we got to know Amy a little bit better, let's get into the codependency chat, shall we? Um, So we've decided to cover this topic because codependency is something that hits close to home for both of us um, on different levels maybe, but I think we've both dealt with some codependent shit in our lives in one way or another. And it's a really relatable topic. You know, we can all be a little codependent to a certain degree at times, but it really starts to become an issue and problematic when it starts to interfere with relationships or everyday life sort of situations. So, you know, when when you can't live your life on your own because you're either focused on someone else's life and making sure that they're happy and all that kind of stuff, you know, or if you're on the receiving end and being like super dependent on others to take care of you, it's not really beneficial for anyone. You know, so there's always two sides to a codependency coin, um, in my opinion. That's how I think of it anyway. Amy, is that sort of like the same? Do you feel the same way about codependency? Yeah, I like the way that you said that, that there's often, you know, two sides to the coin. I think that, you know, it's when you're in a codependent dance with someone, um, there is that kind of that push pull that that can happen. And if you're not aware of it, and for a long time, I wasn't aware of my own behaviors and how I was like feeding into that. It it can. um, Yeah, it can be pretty unhealthy and intense. And if you, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So if you're not aware, you're not able to to change that or do it different. Um, but I think for me, codependency, the way that I sum it up in, you know, one phrase is like, if you're not okay, I'm not okay. So, you know, if someone else is upset or especially someone who you're close to, whether it's like your primary relationship or family members, um, like if they're not okay, then then you're not okay. So you, you, you're bumped out, you know, if, if they're, they're not doing well. So um, that's kind of how I sum it up. Yeah, definitely. You know, there's a, 
like we said, two sides to the codependency coin. So everyone sort of is in a bad position when they're in a situation like that. Um, so for me, I feel like, you know, my high levels of anxiety, as I've spoken about my anxiety before as a kid, sort of made me like really dependent in my younger years. You know, I wasn't necessarily the fixer um, on this two-sided coin. I was the one on the receiving end of things. Um, so, you know, I needed to rely on others too much. And that caused, you know, my relationships with family and friends to sort of be more codependent. You know, I would rely heavily on others to do things for me that, you know, I couldn't or wouldn't do by myself just out of fear. You know what I mean? And like, like I said, very dependent on others. But as I've gotten older and, you know, go to therapy and all that kind of thing, work on myself, I think I've learned enough um, about myself and what I'm capable of doing and learn to break those habits, you know, let go of that fear, not really rely on people as much and really regain that sense of like independence. So that's why I think it's important to talk about these things because, you know, I think people don't realize sometimes that they're in a codependent relationship or, you know, being super dependent on others until they really take a step back and like really see what's uh, what's going on in the big picture. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it is. I think it's hard, you know, when you're in it, when you're in that dynamic with someone or, or with many people, that's just how you function. So that's kind of what you're used to and you're not really sure why you're frustrated or why you're, you know, running around trying to fix everyone's feelings for them or, um, you know, kind of swooping in and, and trying to save people, you know, when, when and, and what you talked about with the enabling, um, you know, when you're just so used to doing that because you've learned to do that. Um, yeah, it's hard to see. Definitely. Um, so before we get too far ahead, um, just for anyone who may not know what codependency is or what that looks like, um, and there are some definitions that definitely vary, but codependency basically is like high self-sacrifice with focus on the needs of others. You know, you're sort of like suppressing your own emotions and it's an attempt to control or fix other people's problems, you know, and it usually can be identified as imbalanced relationships where one person, like Amy said, enables another person, whether it's in addiction or someone with poor mental health, um, immaturity, irresponsibility, or someone's underachievement. Um, so I think that pretty much sums it up for like the definition of codependency. Anything you want to add to that, Amy? Yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, I, I like that. And it's interesting because you do, codependency is so, it's kind of vast, right? Like there's there's so many different ways to, to look at it. It's not like a, a it's really not black and white. Um, so there's different ways, like when I had just, uh, you know, Googled it earlier, it was like specifically talking about when you're, you know, you're enabling your partner. And that was like, that's a narrow definition. You know what I mean? Cause that's just like one part of it. Right. Um, but yeah, with codependency, there's like patterns of denial, low self-esteem, there's compliance patterns, control and avoidance. So there's all these like aspects to it that play out in different ways for different people. Right. It, codependency isn't linear. It sort of right. uh, can, you know, take many turns and like depending on the relationship, obviously like the relationships we have with like our parents aren't going to be the same sort of relationship that we have with like our partners or our friends. So like depending on the relationship that we have, the codependency can uh, sort of vary. Um, so I mentioned for my childhood, that was sort of like the breeding ground for some of my codependent issues. Um, 
when, like, how about you? Like, when did you realize things with, like, codependency? Was there, like, an aha moment? Was it something that came up in therapy that maybe, like, you didn't even realize? Or, like, what did that look like for you? Yeah. Well, you know, it's it was kind of a slow realization. And I think it was easier for me to see it in other people first. So I could look at my mom. And I knew my mom was codependent for so long. And it was so easy for me to point the finger and say, you're so codependent, mom. You're so codependent. Um, you're codependent with my brother and with dad and, you know, and, um, it it took me a lot longer to see it in myself. And I think that, you know, I, I kind of wish I've been in therapy for a good, I guess, I guess about 10 years now. Um, no longer than that, about 13 years consistently. And I've seen a a few different therapists and I, I wish I would have heard the word earlier. I always kind of could pinpoint it with my family. That was, that was more clear to me. But um, yeah, so slowly I recognized that I was, um, I was in a, a long-term relationship and um, had, was starting to realize that I was codependent and how I was feeding into that. And honestly, once I started um, attending CODA meetings, which CODA is uh, Codependence Anonymous, it's a 12-step program, like a fellowship, much like um, like AA or NA or Al-Anon. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's a step program. And, and once I went to my first meeting, I was like, Ooh, yeah, this is what's up for me. And I am here cause I want to be here and I need to be here. Right. So like looking back, would you say, was this something that you've always dealt with? Was it like a learn, do you feel like it was a learned behavior or something that developed more as you got older? I know you said you mentioned like your mom had definitely like codependent tendencies and things like that. So um, I guess yeah. looking back, like what would you say that looked like? Well, I think for my family, the way my, what I learned from my family is that the way that you love somebody is to sacrifice yourself mm-hmm. and to be, to be selfless. And if somebody needs something, you do it. And to the, to the extent of enabling others and, not believing that other people have the ability to take to take care of themselves. Now, this gets a little bit, <clears throat> this can be a little bit messy when you're parenting a kid. And I don't have kids of my own. So um, I'm speaking from, you know, my codependent, in, like, relationships with adults. Um, but it is tricky, you know. So I saw my mom a lot, you know, and, and we all, we know what we know. You know, this isn't her fault. This is just, like, what how she grew up. Um, I saw my mom enabling myself and my brother a lot. My brother struggles with addiction and he has for a long time. And so I saw that play out pretty severely in my family. And so, you know, my mom was the one that was the enabler at times and she would swoop in and she would save my brother. And so my brother really didn't have a a lot of motivation always to, to want to get better or to want to be sober. And that that's, you know, an addiction is its own thing. And that's a, that can be a really a really long journey. And then, you know, and my dad, I saw a lot of the avoidance. So it was easy for my dad to kind of check out and, and, you know, work a lot and not, um, not want to deal with it. So there was a lot of, uh, there was a lack of communication a lot, I think in my family. And, you know, I say this with love because everybody knows what they know and we do the best we can. And, you know, you just, yeah, you get the chance to, to learn things differently and um, as you get older. And that's that's the kind of the path that I'm on. Right. So for you, more of like, would you say you are more the enabler type? Like, is that the, what you Yeah. Learned? Okay. I would say so, yeah. I think that, you know, I was conditioned as, as a woman in our society. And so that kind of sets a lot of us up for codependency, I think, in general. Right. 
um, because we're supposed to be the caretakers and we're supposed to be um, empathetic and thoughtful and loving and all these things. And and so I did, it was easy for me to to put myself in that role with others that, um, you know, that I would sacrifice my needs a lot. And I I saw my mom do that a lot. You know, Um, my mom, drop of a hat. I mean, if somebody else needed something, that's what she was going to do. And I saw her be exhausted from that and just, you know, struggle a lot with them to really, really know what she wanted or what she needed and to actually advocate for herself and, and set boundaries. Boundaries right. is a really big, big lacking thing in my family. Uh, so that's been, you know, new to learn that as an adult. Yeah. I was just going to say, it sounds like some boundary stuff going on there. Um, so for myself, you know, I feel like I will, I wasn't the enabler. I was the enabley, you know, I was mm-hmm. um, the one that was sort of, you know, re- receiving, I was on the receiving end of it, you know, because I grew up as an only child. I was, you know, the youngest person in my, the small family that I had. And for me, you know, my family was always there and they would always do things for me. You know what I mean? And like, especially having high levels of anxiety and like being so fearful of doing the littlest things. Um, for a lack of better words, they really like babied me in a way. And, you know, my mom was a single parent, so, you know, she would go to bat for me. Just like you said, you know, it's that like parent thing and they, at the drop of a hat, you know, she would just do whatever I needed or whatever it was, you know what I mean? And I got used to that for a long time. You know, I got used to having things done or just not having to do things for myself, you know what I mean? Or if my anxiety got too high and things were like uncomfortable, I knew that I had someone there to do it for me, which ultimately just mm-hmm. really made it a codependent relationship, you know, without even realizing it at the, at the time. You know, looking back, you're like, wow, that that was bad, um, you know? <laughs> and, like, so even to this day, you know, when, when people try to do things for me, since I have, like, sort of broken out of that bad routine, I have to really, like, stop and say, you know, I'm good, I got it, you know what I mean? Like... Because it's hard to break out of those habits sometimes when you're used to something for so long and it's easier to just be like, yeah, go ahead, you you can do it for me or make that phone call or do this or go do that or whatever it is. Um, so, but you know, for me, like times have changed. You know, I'm an adult now. I have to sort of like figure things out on my own. Um, and I do want to make it clear though that there's a big difference between, you know, asking for help and like, you know, um, giving people assistance and stuff like that versus like taking advantage or like heavily relying on someone to fix all of your problems. You know what I mean? And there's a difference between like offering help and enabling, right? So just like you said, like with your brother in addiction, you know, there's a difference between like, hey, let's get you some help versus like, hey, here's some money to help you you know, get food and right. that goes towards something else. So just to be clear, there is a difference between, you know, helping and enabling. Um, yes, I agree. And and that's, that's where the gray zone comes in, right? Because, you know, um, sometimes uh, for codependent people, it's hard for us to ask for help sometimes too, especially when you've kind of been on the um, the other end that you're, you're always the helper. You're always the person that, that gives yourself your time and your energy. You're the fixer. So it's way harder to, for me to rely on other people. So I do, I have a hard time reaching out and asking for help because I feel guilty or I feel like I should be able to do this on my own. And I think a lot of that came from, you know, um, from growing up and, and there was a, you know, um, 
like a lot of us that grew up, you know, that, that our parents didn't quite know how to meet our emotional needs and mm-hmm. they didn't know how to meet their own emotional needs. So, um, you know, in that I had, I've had a hard time like identifying what my needs are or even sometimes how I'm feeling. Um, but what's awesome about therapy and CODA and all these other great resources that is that you can learn that. Right. Um, so like, do you feel, obviously it's, it is difficult being like having that mindset of either enabling or asking for help or getting help. So, um, it can definitely cause more stress. I feel like, right. You know, like I feel like absolutely being codependent and things like that really takes a toll on your mental health and causes more stress or like anxiety. Um, do you ever feel like yourself like overthinking situations or how has like the codependency? Oh brother. Yeah. Yeah. How has the codependency <laughs> affected mental health sort of just like overall? Yeah, absolutely. So, so I was talking about this in one of my CODA meetings recently. Um, I was reading about how, you know, someone who was thinking about, oh, I'm such an empathetic person. I'm just so, I have so much empathy for others. Um, and sometimes is that actually that, that you're just being hypervigilant because you've learned how to read the room because you're, you're trying to manage and control other people's feelings and their moods and making sure everybody's okay. And that's where it goes into unhealthy. When I'm, when I'm externalizing and I'm looking for my sense of self-worth and I'm looking for me to feel safe by uh, like other people in the room and not like allowing to give that to myself. That's what, I mean, my anxiety right through the roof, you know what I mean? And that's where, you know, I used to get these like anxiety attacks and I wouldn't call them panic attacks. Um, I know there is a difference, but I would get these kind of like overwhelming anxiety, like heart pounding. Um, My face would get really red and I would just get really like bumped out and it would happen like at work or in social situations or whatever. And over time, you know, as I've learned about myself, my codependency, it's like, oh, I'm just looking externally for people to make me feel okay <laughs> about myself. Yeah. And I need to be able to give that for myself. So I feel like mostly it showed up as anxiety for me, um, you know, and anxiety affects the body and how we feel and how, you know, our body like functions and everything. And so, yeah, and absolutely. And, and for sure, I mean, just feeling uh, some depression stuff and confusion and just, um, yeah, yeah, it takes a toll. It definitely takes a toll. Um, I think it causes more stress too. Like even so, like on my side of the coin is not knowing how to like function properly without that other person there. So like you've become yeah. so used to it being one way for so long, you know, and you're depending on um, somebody else to sort of be by your side. So then it causes that anxiety when 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 you start to sort of like either break free from that or that person isn't in there for you and you have to sort of move on with your life. You know what I mean? And you're, you're so used to it being a certain way for so long, um, that it starts to become like your personality after a while. You know what I mean? And then like when you, in the beginning of breaking those habits, you feel lost and it's almost like you don't know what to do or how to live. You know what I mean? So I think for some people admitting that there is an issue can definitely be a hard pill to swallow, especially in the beginning. And it is not going to be like an easy road um, because I feel like we're always looking for like that um, to be validated in a way or, you know, I don't know. I just think it's definitely going to take like some time to work through it and come out stronger and more independent on the other side. Right. Interdependent, which is the word that I love (laughs) because when we think about codependency on the other end of that is interdependence. So being able to kind of 
hold on to yourself and your your identity and your worth, um, your boundaries, right? All these things that you have control over. Being able to hold on to yourself in the presence and in relationship with other people. So that's that interdependence. It's not like hyper independent where you don't need anybody and right. you never ask for help and you know whatever i'm on my own forever kind of thing yeah. but it's that it's kind of that sweet spot that's where the healthy you know where the healthy part lies right it's a balance not to be like super dependent you don't have to be super independent where you're like i can't ask for help and you know i don't need anybody kind of thing um, mm-hmm. so that's where, you know, we kind of have to put that work in to sort of learn where that balance is at and sort of just like anything else, you know, if we want to change, um, it's not going to change overnight. We have to put some sort of work in, um, for me, I think like going to therapy and doing some work that way and becoming more mindful has, um, has helped me to sort of like break free of that besides coda or what what sort of things have helped you to be either realize your codependency become less dependent um or maybe sort of just become more aware of like your actions or reactions what kind of things yeah out there yeah i think you know just being mindfully aware of uh you know what when am i focusing on other people and when i do that can i turn that focus back into myself so when, when my default has been set to, from my conditioning, to focus on other people, worry about other people, um, worry about if, am, I, am I doing enough for them? Am I, you know, am I good enough for them, you know, to, for them to love me, et cetera, et cetera. When I feel that way, noticing that and saying, okay, well, I can and will be able to give those things to myself too. So I can sit with myself and say, yes, I love myself. Yes, I accept myself. I love, you know, ABC about myself. I also, it's like radical compassion and acceptance, right? Like I accept that, that I have these learned behaviors, you know, from my childhood and and from repeating them in adulthood so far, you know, Mm -hmm. I accept that about myself. I still love myself. And I think that for me, another recovery tool that's been awesome is, is CODA, right. And going to go into my meetings, which by the way, cause I know therapy isn't accessible for everyone. I know it can be super expensive and you know, there's a lot of reasons, right. Um, uh, but CODA is, it's uh, a free program and it's, it's all over the United States. I mean, if you go to CODA.org, you can see where their meetings are in your area. They have virtual since COVID. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff, great reading materials, all that kind of stuff. But the main thing about CODA that I think that's been so powerful for me is that I can share my stories and share my experiences with other people that are going through the same thing. And Tiff, I got to tell you, I mean, I've, I've sat in therapy forever um, and it has helped me grow exponentially and it's been wonderful. There is something about being with a group of people that they're also struggling with, with a similar thing Mm -hmm. and you can talk about it and feel seen and feel heard and feel like you're not crazy. Right. (laughs) That right there for me is like, it's so powerful and it's like so healing. Yeah. That's sort of like with uh, the whole concussion thing that I've been dealing with, you know, like once I was able to sort of find uh, groups of people who were dealing with the same thing that I was it really made, yeah, made you feel like, okay, I'm not crazy for thinking like, why am I still feeling this way when like, you know, right. people are feeling, you know, the after effects of a concussion, you know, years later. So that validation is really important. And it gives you like that sense of, uh, um, 
I don't know. It sort of is like calming in a way where it's just like, okay, there are other people who know exactly what I'm like going through or what I'm feeling like. So I definitely understand that for sure. It's community, right? Like it's, you know, um, it's like reaching out and expanding your community and having people that understand you and and get what you're going through and say, Hey, I've been there. Yeah. Or, you know, you're, and then the flip side of that is you get to be that person for other people, you know, new people that come in and say, Oh man, I don't know what to do. I'm struggling. This is so hard. And you say, Hey, I've been there. Yeah. Like, uh, let me, let me tell you my story, you know? So that's awesome. Yeah. Everyone has their own story. And it's just like, when you think like that, you're the only one dealing with it or something like that. Then you meet somebody else and they're just like, wow, your story really helped me to realize what was going on in my life. Or, um, you know, it's like, uh, it's like a buddy system or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sort of helps. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, for me, I feel, I feel like therapy, like I said, um, definitely helped me to learn to be more mindful and just like learn more about myself. And especially like as I get older, you know, um, and become an adult, which at times I feel like I'm still learning how to do that, you know, how to be an adult. <laughs> it's, not, it's not always easy, um, you know, but I, I learned to think and do things for myself, um, no matter how scary it is. And even now, you know, I still get, like, scared from time to time, and I, I just have to, like, think back to all the times when I was afraid to do something, but I did it anyway, and I didn't die. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's like you're not going right. to die. The fear is only temporary, and it feels so much better when you, like, accomplish something on your own versus like constantly needing to have either like that validation or have somebody there like doing it with you or for you or whatever it is. You know what I mean? And right. So right. I, and you know, I, I'd love to ask you a quick question about something you said earlier about, you know, with like growing up and everything um, and having somebody, you know, do a lot of things for you. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that, an enabling aspect. I, my parents, like I said, it was the way they loved, they loved us. You know, they, they did all the chores. We didn't have chores to do. Right. I mean, we, I was out, you know, riding my four wheeler, <laughs> hanging out in the woods and having a good time right. as a kid. And, and I think they wanted to do it because they loved us and they wanted us to be kids and have fun. And I had a lot of freedom, mm-hmm. but there was a lot of tasks that I wish I would have learned. Right. Not just so, oh yeah, I, I know how to, you know, change my bike tire or whatever, but like, more so it's like building confidence. Yeah. Like if you, if you can do like, if, if the people, you know, around you are saying like, oh yeah, here you go. Let me show you how to do this Tiff. So, Cause I know you can do it on your own right. versus, oh, they don't know how to do it. I'll just do it for them. Exactly. That, you know what I mean? It, it really helps build confidence. Yeah. And it's yeah. that like independence. It's like, you know, if, uh, something as easy as like writing out a check or something, you know what I mean? Like yep. if they, no one teaches you how to do, Oh, don't worry. I'll do it for you. I'll do it for you. And then that person's not there to do it for you. Then you don't know how to do it. And now you're like, right. You, now you're like a 35 year old adult who doesn't know how to do something so simple because you know, mommy did it for me. <laughs> you know what I right. mean? Right. Like, and if you're, if you're an adult struggling with codependency, it's easy for that low self-esteem and low self-worth to come in and say, and with all the shame, right. And be yeah. like, Oh, Amy, you're such an idiot. You don't yeah. know how to do this yet what's wrong with you right Right, but it's like yeah you don't know what you don't know yeah and you start (laughs) doubting like your your self-worth and you're like well shit I don't know how to do this because of you know xyz um I now I feel stupid because I don't know how to do it you know what I mean it's just like little things like that where it's like we we have to it's just it's like it's like homework at school if like you come home and then somebody else is doing the homework for you and then you go to take the test and now you have no idea what's going on. Like what you might as well not even be in the class. You know what I mean? So, um, and so like, like I was saying, but it's, 
I started to do more things and like not necessarily like let other people like make decisions for me. You know what I mean? I've, I used to be very passive. Um, mm-hmm. And like I talked about it in the boundaries episode and like that, that being a passenger seat in your own car is just like not a good feeling. Um, and it really Oof, does. That's it, a good way to, to put it. Yeah. You know, it's like, what, what are you doing in the passenger seat of your car? You have no control over anything. The car's like going out of control. You know what I mean? And it really hinders that sense of independence. Um, so. Right. You're in, letting other people drive. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so like learning how to be less passive and really take control of the wheel, it helps in the long run on so many levels. You know, it, it lets you take back that control in your life. Um, and like I said in the beginning, it is probably going to be scary because you're not used to either functioning alone or you're not used to, you know, focusing all your time and energy on doing things for other people. And I really feel like sometimes when people are focused so much on helping others, they really, uh, put their own shit aside. You know what I mean? It's sort of like a way of avoiding dealing with your own stuff because you're so, wrapped up in in someone else's shit so um absolutely yeah. yeah and so when you deny your yourself for that long it's really hard you know when you do start focusing back on yourself it's like meeting yourself again right it's like discovering who you are and that could be scary yeah it has felt scary for me I mean you know but it's there's so much freedom in it yes. too yeah yeah that's what I was gonna say like you know letting go really gives you like that space to um, regain your life, uh, you know, work on yourself and it gives you that sense of freedom in a way for, for everyone, regardless of if you're on the giving or the receiving end in a codependent relationship. Um, but I think, you know, overall it's just a much healthier way to live. Um, I think across the board. So, yeah, absolutely. And when you mentioned about, you know, getting back some of that control, like when you're the person that's like letting other people be in your driver's seat and things like that, um, with codependency, control is one of the aspects of it. So, you know, like on the other end of that, like we were talking, and, and, you know, it's not black and white, it's a dance and, and we, we can all like have all these different aspects play out in different times. Um, but, you know, with control, I like to remember uh, that, you know, I like to say, what's in my hula hoop. And what I mean by that is like in my hula hoop, if I'm holding like a um, imaginary hula hoop around myself, what's, what's in my control, right? So like my control is like how I feel about myself. Um, I'm able to focus on myself, my words, my actions, um, you know, how I respond to things. That's what I'm in control of. I am not in control of anybody else's hula hoop. Right. So if somebody's got, you know, a little chaos tornado going on for them, and, and my tendency is to say, oh, I got to fix it. Oh, I got to I got to do something. I got to make this better for them. That's that's their hula hoop. Right. And, you know, and, you know, we can be there for people and we can, you know, hold space for them, of course. And and, you know, show up, you know, it's not a time to walk away. Right. But how much do you give yourself away? You got to. So, like I said, that interdependence, hold on to yourself while still being able to show up for someone else. That's the goal. Yeah. There's a difference between like supporting someone and like fixing someone. Yep. So. Um, so yeah, so let's wrap up the episode here. What, with you, with what you know now, I would say, uh, what would you tell your younger self or even someone who's listening, who might just be realizing like, Hey, maybe I am, you know, dealing with some codependent stuff or I can definitely relate to this. Um, what sort of advice, I guess, would, would you give them? Oh, I love that question. Um, you know, I think for my younger self, I would I would like to talk to her and say, you know, this isn't your fault. 
that you've learned these patterns doesn't mean you're a bad person. Um, a lot of people struggle with this. Our world is kind of set up to, to be codependent in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'd say to my younger self, you're going to be okay. And you're going to learn, you're going to unlearn some things that weren't helpful. And you're going to learn some things that are going to help you be healthier and help you be a better person. And yeah, that's what I would say. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I would say like, if you're just, if you're realizing now that, you know, you're in an unhealthy relationship, it doesn't matter, like, um, intimate friends, family. I mean, I feel like, um, you have to just notice first of all, that, that these things are happening. And once you sort of like notice that they're going on and you become aware, you know, like try not to dismiss it. And, you know, there sort of needs to be like an intervention in a way where we acknowledge what's happening and being mindful, like, you know, mindful is like important on so many levels and, um, you know, being mindful of your actions or if you're slipping back into some old behaviors, you know, really do some internal work, you know, discuss it in therapy, maybe find some like useful tools like Coda, like she said, to help break out of those behaviors and really like hold yourself accountable. And I think accountability is important, you know, for both parties, regardless of which side of the line you're on, you know, you have to be able to have an open and honest um, conversation with yourself and with the other person, you know, and just really realize that it's not healthy for for either of you. And, you know, maybe work together on devising a plan, sort of break out of those habits. Um, you know, when you notice something is like coming up, kind of just take a minute, take a step back and really assess what's going on. Um, you know, come together, come to an agreement on how to work on things. And I think, you know, if, if one person is like willing to work and the other person isn't, or they're not really at that point in their life, then maybe it's best that, you know, you distance yourself until you can come together and sort of be in a cohesive, uh, relationship without any of the, uh, unhealthy or negative vibes going on. You know what I mean? So... <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's, it's really up to us to like assess that for what's healthy for us. And, yeah. you know, we're, like I said, we're, you're only in control of like what, what's in your hula hoop, right? Exactly. So you can only do, do what you can for yourself. Yeah. Focus on you yeah. and, uh, and then everything else sort of works out in the end. Um, so I think to sum, sum things up, you know, we can safely say that like codependency isn't really like beneficial or, or healthy. It's not a healthy way to live. Um, whether you're on the giving or receiving end, you know, it, it enables some bad behaviors and bad habits. And it's just like an unhealthy coping mechanism, I think. Um, and for me, as someone who relied on other people's support for so long and not really support, but like um, fixing, I don't know, doing, you know, I can say that it does, it hinders that independence. You know, it enables the bad habits as like time go, goes on. Um, and when the people that you rely on so much aren't there, you know, what happens is like, you don't break out of that habit. And then you end up looking for someone else to sort of like fill that void. And then the same toxic behaviors happen. And then the cycle sort of just continues, you know what I mean? And, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and then if you're on the other side of it and you are the fixer, um, it's, it, it's important to sort of like let go of that control, you know, 
you know, don't enable some of the negative behaviors, especially in addiction, like you said, um, something like that, at the end of the day, you're like potentially just doing more harm than good. You know what I mean? For, for yourself right. and for them. Um, so, you know, we have to just learn that we can't fix everyone's problems, you know, stay in your hula hoop. I'll stay in mine, you know, That's right. our hula hoops can touch, but they're not going to overlap. Right. Um, <laughs> Um, you know what I mean? But, and it's, and it's okay to want to help each other. You know, we should be there for each other, but there needs to be, those boundaries sort of need to be, um, need to be set. And it's hard when it's someone you love or, you know, it's a, your family or, or a close friend. But again, it's about balance and, um, it's not our job to, to fix everything for everyone. It's an unattainable goal. And like we said before, it's just not healthy. So, you know, sort of work on being more mindful, recognize the unhealthy habits or the behaviors, and try to find positive ways to work on and uh, and break free of that, like, codependent cycle. Um, Amy, anything to add on to that? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for sharing that, Tiff. Um, yeah, I think, you know, and I mentioned before, our world, our society, if you listen, like, any kind of pop song, any kind of pop love song, is codependent and the more the more you hear this stuff like i can't live without you right. you're my everything yeah. i'll do anything for you these are our common themes right and and that's been forever you know that's just kind of what we've learned that how to you know what love is and yeah. how to love people and how to be selfless you know especially people that have been conditioned as women in our world and you know so they're it's interesting once you start to see it, you can start to unpack it and unlearn it. Yeah. And there's so much freedom on the other side of it. And there's so much freedom in being aware of it. And I, you know, I'm here as proof that it's, there's, we are malleable people and, mm -hmm. and we can learn new things and have just, we can just really be our true selves. And it's such a gift. And I just feel lucky that I've gotten to this point in my life. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. A new perspective, just a new outlook. And, you know, it's not, you don't have to change your, yourself uh, completely. It's just having a different perspective and um, just looking at things a little bit differently. And uh, I guess it like, it brightens up the view a little bit, you know? Yeah. And I feel, you know, too, like it's, it's not like a one and done. Right. So it's not like you get to a point and you're like, well, glad that's over and I'll right. never be like that again. Yeah. It, it's, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, it's an ongoing process. Right. So, you know, that's why I, I'll continue to go to my code of meetings and mm -hmm. I'll continue to, to, you know, be mindful and meditate and take care of myself and, you know, all the things. Right. And there's no one is perfect and there is no like fix it and I'm done kind of thing. Yeah. It is, it's going to be a lifelong process for me. Very last final author. Um, Pia Melody is an author that's done um, really wonderful codependency work, and I've read a lot of her books, and I've really, really enjoyed them. So I really like her as an author. And like I said before, Coda C O D A dot org is where you can find meetings and more info on that. So I just want to say thank you, Tiff, for bringing this super important topic up and talking to me and giving me time. And I love hearing your stories too. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Um, all right, guys, I think that's all we have for this episode on codependency. Hopefully, um, you know, we were able to shed some light on the topic and give some uh, helpful and relatable information. Amy, thanks again for being the podcast's first guest. Hopefully you'll join us again in the future for more exciting mental health topics. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for doing what you do. This is a super important podcast. Thank you. All right, guys, if you'd like to weigh in on this topic, follow Meeting Mental Health on Instagram and tell us what you think. 
As always, if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please don't hesitate to reach out. Until we meet next time, thanks for listening and have a great day.